lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. All right. Here we go. Welcome in on this Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau across the great state of Mississippi. Hey to y'all. Hope you're doing well today. And I hope you um, feel like talking. Would love to hear from you. And there's lots of ways for you to be a part of the show. Love to hear your voice. Give me a call today on the Davini phone. It's wide open to you. Davini Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. It's 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. So give me a call. Text me on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. 601-885-ESPN or 885-3776. Uh, love to hear from you that way as well. Text line wide open to you. Yep. Uh-huh. Big news. It's official. From the NFL, Tom Brady's hanging it up. It's official, official today. This time, it's not from a report. This time, it's coming from him. Straight from the horse's mouth. Now, here's the thing about that, though. <laughs> it's like this morning, you got it. This is what Tom Brady said last night. Okay. Has anything changed with you since we last spoke on Let's Go regarding your retirement? You know, it's a good week for me. I'm just still going through the process that I said I was going through. So sometimes it, it takes some time to really evaluate how you feel and what you want to do. And, and uh, I think when the time's right, I'll be ready to make a decision one way or another, just like I said last week. That's what he said last night. And then today. Brady said in a statement on Instagram, imagine that. This is the world we live in, Bill where the greatest winningest quarterback of all time announces his retirement after a 22-year uh, career on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no press conference, just put it out there. Just put it out there on Instagram. And see, I, okay, and before I kind of get into the details of him announcing his retirement, you know, over the last 48 hours, as you go back two, three days, there were all these reports to the point that it was like Adam Schefter of ESPN and somebody else, and they're saying, okay, it's, it's a deal. He's he's retiring. That's it. And they've got all these sources, and so obviously it had it had gotten around. And, and you knew good and well that everybody involved with Tom Brady opposite the media side of stuff was like, okay, well, we may know that he's about to hang it up, but this is his deal. Now, you're not going to get out here in front and spread rumors and all this kind of stuff. And so, but the media gets wind of it, and they break the story. And then, in the the, the forty eight hours after they basically broke the story that yeah he's going to retire, they, they spent about two days. Tom Brady did, and his people sort of tamping down that. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we've got in the last two days. Was yeah he's still thinking about it, all that kind of stuff. He's still thinking about it. And I played you what he said last night. It's like. They didn't want the story out there except coming straight from Tom Brady on social media. That's how they wanted to officially get it out there. And Schefter and some of those guys spoiled it for them. So it's like they, they poured water on it for two days so that you could, you could reignite it. And this time it comes from Tom Brady and not from a media person breaking the story. 
you know, and, and whether you like that or not, that really does look like, you know, how it worked out. Okay, so anyway, the statement on Instagram today from Tom Brady says, I've always believed the sport of football is an all-in proposition. If a 100% competitive commitment isn't there, you won't succeed. And success is what I love so much about our game. He went on to say, there is a physical, mental, and emotional challenge every single day that has allowed me to maximize my highest potential and I've tried my very best these past 22 years. There are no shortcuts to success on the field or in life. He said, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I've loved my NFL career. And now it's time to focus, on my, focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. I've done a lot of reflecting the past week and have asked myself difficult questions. Tom Brady said in the statement, and I am so proud of what we've achieved. My teammates, coaches, fellow competitors, and fans deserve 100% of me. But right now, it's best I leave the field of play to the next generation of dedicated and committed athletes. All right, so he is stepping away. Tom Brady is retiring. What are your thoughts on it? So let me know kind of how that lands on you. And it's not a huge surprise. You've been, you know, everybody's been speculating on it. you probably saw it coming a mile away. But, you know, when things become official, like we say, from the horse's mouth, there's potential that you could have a, you know, a different emotion or two than you thought you would. So, as a sports fan, you know, two questions for you. How do we, from now on, how do we succinctly sum up the legacy of Tom Brady? How do you, how do, you do it? You know, now obviously, many are going to say, yeah, he's, a, he's the greatest of all time. Football's a little different. Football's just a little different than some of the other sports. Big time team sport, obviously. Lots of people involved. But to go win Super Bowls in two places, let alone you're in one place for so long and then you jump to Tampa and the first year he's there, they win the Super Bowl in Tampa. Okay. I mean, it's just, and, and it, it, it almost did seem orchestrated. They had it all built in Tampa. They're getting ready to host the Super Bowl in Tampa. All they needed was Tom Brady. Well, they got him. But it wasn't orchestrated. I don't buy into that kind of stuff at all. It's just a storybook, okay, for him. But how do you succinctly and sum it up, all right? So text me today on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. You know, and then the other question is, who's going to be next for Tampa? And that affects you if you're a Saints fan. Boy, boy, you think about the last two seasons in the NFC South. Last year, so the the 2020 season, we were going into it. I know it was a COVID deal, but you were looking at it going this NFC South is the most interesting division in all of football because it had Drew Brees and Tom Brady in his first year in Tampa. And then the drama really escalated because the Saints beat Tom Brady twice in the regular season and then met each other in the playoffs. It's just incredible what went on. Now, you think about the departure from that. Brees retires. He's not there this year. This was... Tom's last year in Tampa, ousted from the playoffs by Matt Stafford, who has been unbelievably clutch. And then look the next year. What's next year going to look like in the NFC South as compared to the last couple of years? 
You're going to have a, a whole new regime. Sean Payton's gone. Not only Drew Brees, but Sean Payton's gone from New Orleans. A whole new regime. You know, and the, and the message is, no, we're not going to rebuild, but that may be kind of what's going on or what's about to go on in New Orleans. We'll see. But you don't know who the quarterback is there. And now you're going, well, who's going to quarterback Tampa? What kind of team they're going to have around who the next guy is? Boy, things can really change fast, can't they? Yeah, they definitely can. So, so now Matt Ryan's the old veteran in that division in Atlanta. So that's the other part of this. Who's next in Tampa? Now, and and you know, we don't. If if you've got thoughts and things you want to talk about other than that, fine. Hit me up. Let me know. Um, but I've got some thoughts on this, okay? And and listen, um, far, far, far be it for me that on the day that Tom Brady's, we're the same age, by the way, on the day of Tom Brady's retirement, uh, official retirement announcement, to in any way downplay his career at all. I'm, I'm not about to do that. I wouldn't. It'd be crazy to do that. You're talking about. What, seven Super Bowls? Come on. Matt Ryan and the Falcons, you know, wished it was six, but he actually put that on Twitter today. Seven Super Bowls, six in New England, one in Tampa. It's just it's just incredible. It's the winning. You know, it's not necessarily passing yardage records, touchdown records, <clears throat> all this stuff. It's just the winning. You know, the, the make everybody around you better aspect. And, and you can't even really quantify that sometimes. See, Jason and Flagstaff texted the show here on the Country Pleasing text line. He says, I don't know. I kind of feel like he's overrated because of the Super Bowl wins, but underrated for everything else, if that makes sense. He put in quotation, seven Super Bowls equals the best ever. No, but. A lot of other things that are his alone are overlooked. That's what I'm saying. There, there's some sort of like almost intangible, whether it's you know focus and leadership. It's something to just constantly make every team he was on better and and elevate the whole thing, offense and defense. You know, maybe it's just. He's so good and so consistent that he always gave everybody around him confidence that, hey, if I do my job, we're going to win because of that guy. You know, and maybe it's that's oversimplifying it too, but there was something there that not everybody else has, or, or maybe that not anybody else has had to that degree. You know, and there was a whole lot of the he and Belichick stuff over the, the last couple of years that we made it sound like they were, they rubbed each other the wrong way, but. They really were a match. Okay, but here's what I was going to get at. Oh, Because of the number of Super Bowl wins for Tom Brady, like you say, seven of them, six and one, six in Boston, one in Tampa. There's Every now and then there has cropped up this deal where people go, you know, he's the Michael Jordan of the NFL. And if you look at titles, okay, we can go down that road, sure. But (laughs) 
this is why I had to give the this is why I had to give that disclaimer a while ago of I really don't want to sound like the guy who's trying to downplay in any way Tom Brady's career on the day that he retires. That would just be stupid, okay? That's not it. It's just that there inevitably will will be conversations out there about you had Michael Jordan in the NBA and then you have Tom Brady in the NFL. But to me, they were those two things are different. They're different. And like Jason said on the text line, I know the titles, the wins, but those two things are different somehow. You know, I, I don't – let's look at it from this perspective. Okay. If you're old enough to have lived through it, how did you feel about the NBA as a whole and its future – when Michael Jordan walked away. What kind of hole did it leave in the NBA for you when Michael Jordan retired that first time? Or the second time, for that matter. But certainly the first time he, when he walked away from it. Versus, how do you feel about the NFL right now and going forward without Tom Brady in it? You see what I'm saying? To me now, me personally, those were two entirely different things. Yeah, and, and I get it. We're talking two different eras, you know, 20 years or so apart or more, 25, 25 years apart. I get two different eras. I get it. But see, you, with all the winning and as must-see TV as Tom Brady was and is and has been all these years for 22 years now and so consistent, always winning everything, you know, I still stand here today with him walking away, and we know we're not going to see Tom Brady in an NFL uniform as a starting quarterback anymore. And, and yeah, he's gone, but it's not like there's this gaping hole left now in the entire league because he's not there. You just don't feel that way. I mean, you've got Mahomes and Burrow. And then just on and on and on and on. You know, the players and the quarterbacks and the teams across the league. The, the NFL is so healthy, okay, and it's, there's so much parity. And you just, even though he's got seven Super Bowl rings and he's played longer than anybody else for 22 years and it's just it's been so, he was so automatic in the win category all these years. We're so used to it. Him retiring today and walking away from it, you don't feel like there's a big, he's leaving this big gaping hole that can't be filled by anybody else, do you? It puts no dent in the interest and the intrigue of the of the league and of the game as a whole, does it? It just doesn't. And to be totally honest with you, you can go back and, and we can relive it. It's been a while now. And there's all kinds of details that we have now. And there's been a recent documentary about it and everything. But when Michael Jordan, look, the way Michael Jordan took over the game of basketball, just worldwide. Okay, so first of all, basketball back then, always has been, but certainly back then was in its heyday. And as, in its heyday has always been an international thing. And football, not so much. Football's an American thing. So you go back to, like, Michael Jordan's heyday 
when he had won, what was it, five or four before he retired the first time. Yeah. He was a, a star like this, just a mega star worldwide. China, the Middle East, you know, everywhere. He's a, that's one thing. And then two, because of, you know, there's less players on the floor. Uh, this five on five in basketball, and even though there's centers and guards, a lot of the things they're doing are similar. They're they're all pl- doing similar things, playing similar roles, right? And he nobody ever took over the game the way Michael Jordan did. And when he walked away and retired, it was like not only did you feel like there was a a hole left in the game of basketball and the NBA that couldn't be filled by anybody else. It's true. There was a gap and a hole in the game of basketball that couldn't be filled by anybody else. And that was the first time he retired. So I've got I've I've heard the comparisons over the years, but it is different. It is a different scenario. The worldwide reaction to Tom Brady retiring today from the NFL is not what it was when Michael Jordan walked away from the NBA. It's just not. It's two different. Uh, it's two different levels. That's just the truth of it. So there's nothing wrong when someone says or has said, you know, Tom Brady is the Michael Jordan of the NFL, and you know, or of football. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. The reality is with the wins and all this, just by nature of the game of football, because, you know, you think about it, the role of a quarterback versus the role of a, of a defensive tackle, right? Like it's, they're playing almost two different games. <laughs> I mean, but you look in basketball, Michael Jordan – Compared to Akeem Elijah one. They're playing two different positions, but they're playing the same game. Sometimes one-on-one against each other. And that's not what happens a lot the same way in football. The dynamics are different. And and sure, because of the titles, you, you want to make the comparison and say, you know, Michael Jordan, the best ever in the history of the game of basketball. We lived through that, him retiring, and now Tom Brady. You want to compare them. Uh, it's okay to do that, numbers of titles. But I'm sorry, it, this doesn't have the worldwide impact, and it doesn't leave, again, a big empty space in the game of football the way it did when Michael Jordan retired. And I'm just saying that because earlier today I heard some of that. You know, I heard some of that, that argument going back and forth. Um, you may have heard it too. And to me, having lived through both now, I don't think they really compare in that regard. Jason and Flagstaff on the Country Please and Text Line, 885. I'll get your text now. Send them in, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Jason and Flagstaff text and says, yeah, Jordan won a whole lot of those playoff games by himself. If his teammates weren't producing, he took over. It's not the same. It is. You're right. It's you know two different games, therefore – one lends itself to that. One probably doesn't. But um, 
they, they certainly were different. Robbie on the country please and text line. The NFL is going to be just fine. They have a lot of young guns who can sling it. Why couldn't I think of some of the others either? What was I trying to think of? Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, Arizona. If you were to just kind of look at playoff teams, you got some, but certainly Burrow uh, in Cincinnati. I do think Mac Jones is a long-term quarterback of the Patriots, don't you? I mean, I think he's good. He's long-term there. And I think they're going to be good around him. It looks that way to me, anyhow. Bunch of good, young quarterbacks uh, throughout the league. And the league is just stacked. And it's, you know, it's never been more popular than it is right now. Tom Brady maybe has a lot to do with that, I guess. But, you know, and, and one side note, you'll hear this over the next month or so, too. Just file this away. Okay, I'm, I'm throwing you a little something to think about as we're getting ready to go to a break. But you know how Major League Baseball is having this lockout right now, and they're debating all this stuff, and I was reading about it a while ago, and it's really confusing. But one of the things is the luxury tax and you know what the owners want versus what the players want, and they argue they need parity in the league, and they don't need teams that can spend the most having some major advantage and all this, and the players don't like it. One thing you can say about baseball, they've had a lot of different World Series winners and everybody has a chance. You look at the NFL, over the last ever how many years, because of Tom Brady, it's largely been the same guys. <laughs> it's been a whole lot of Peyton Manning and a whole lot of Tom Brady and the teams he's on. In the Super Bowl, anyway. All right, just getting started on this Tuesday. I'm Matt. Stick around. Wyatt up to the plate, the pitch. Whoa, it's a high fly! Knocking him out of the park for great sports talk. I'm talking way back. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Yeah, Robbie, I agree. Robbie on the text line said the NFL is going to be just fine with a lot of young guns who can sling it. Yeah, they're going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. Crisco says, uh, what does this mean? He says, you're a little biased. Love you, man, but cut the pie in equal pieces. What's he talking about right there? Crisco, help me out. I love, um, I love metaphors. Say again. I like pie. I like pie, too. If you could have any kind of pie in the world, you could right now just snap your finger and say, yeah, I can have a piece of that kind of pie. What would it be? Well, I like apple. Okay. I like cherry. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go with, uh, just right now is what my taste buds are like. I'd go for sweet potato. Sweet potato, yeah. That's, That's probably good. what I'd do right now. Load of whipped cream on top. Atta boy. Atta baby. Yeah, what do you mean, Crisco? Um, <clears throat> he was listening, and, and I guess maybe that's in regards to just saying that Brady retiring from the NFL right now, while some may compare it to Jordan in the NBA, it doesn't have the impact that that did. It's two different deals. 
And maybe that's what he's saying. He says, you're a little biased. Why, why would I be biased on that, though? He says, I love you, man, but cut the pie in equal pieces. Hmm. Help me out, Crisco. All right. Uh, Jason and Flagstaff said Joe Burrow is, the, is in the same exact position as Tom Brady was when he stepped in for Drew Bledsoe. New England's first Super Bowl, largely in spite of Brady. I remember Bledsoe had to come in off the bench and win one of those playoff games. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Nick says, too bad it wasn't LeBron who retired. ESPN won't know how to put on a show without talking about him 24-7. <laughs> yeah, right, because what are you saying? Um, you're saying that uh, that Tom Brady's going to dominate the cycle for the next 24 hours and that they don't really even know how to handle it? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Nick? Thanks for the text. Jackson Mayo, man, I almost said pecan pie. He said pecan slash turtle pie. See, like, my deal is cheesecake. That's my deal right there. If I was interested, if I was not interested in staying thin or trying to get thin and get in shape, then I'd just eat every piece of cheesecake I could get my hands on. I love that stuff. I'm crazy about it. But it's not pie. It's cake, right, technically. So if we're talking about pie... Country pleased and then cheesecake every day. Right. Let's do it. Let's do that and see how it turns out. <laughs> Today is National Dark Chocolate Day. I just wanted to bring that up because that's my kind of chocolate. I'm not a fan. I ain't that big of a fan of any kind of chocolate except dark chocolate. Like Annabeth knows me, you know, like if she ever, if we ever have an occasion where she buys me a box of chocolates, it's dark chocolate. She knows that's what I want. So happy National Dark Chocolate Day, everybody. Crisco told me to cut the pie in equal pieces. I don't know what I did wrong there, but I'd love to know. Who's, well, all right, let me back up. Who's going to replace Tom Brady in Tampa? Have y'all even thought about that? Let me give you some ideas. See which one of these makes the light bulb go off. Saints fans, listen up. This affects you. Of course, the Saints, you know, who knows? They may, be, they may draft a quarterback, but they may be in the free agent market as well. So you may be in line for some or one or two of these. I don't know. Okay, I'm just bringing them up. Which one of the – the context is somebody's got to replace – Tom Brady in Tampa. They have a late first round pick, could use it, could trade away. They got Kyle Trask, a second round pick from last year on the roster. And these are out there. All right. Who makes the light bulb light up here for you? 38 year old Aaron Rodgers, 33 year old Russell Wilson, 26 year old Deshaun Watson. 29-year-old Carson Wentz, 30-year-old Derek Carr, 33-year-old Kirk Cousins, 30-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo, 29-year-old Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater going back to New Orleans? 28-year-old Jameis Winston, 
You're going back to Tampa, coming back to New Orleans. Big Ben's only 39. He just retired. You know, somebody needs a QB. <laughs> now, and then, and then how old is Gardner? Let's see. What is he, 28? No, he ain't 20. 26-year-old Gardner Minshew. He'd be the youngest of the bunch. Does he go to Tampa? Does he go to New Orleans? I just think Gardner Minshew would be a hit in New Orleans. And I think he'd play well, too. They've got a You've defense. They've got the attitude for New Orleans. It, it, doesn't, it, doesn't it fit? Oh, yes. And they've got a defense there, too. They've got a core unit of a defense. I don't know. See, think about Aaron Rodgers and the possibility of going to Tampa to replace Tom Brady. Brady won a Super Bowl in his first <laughs> in his first uh, year there in Tampa. And anything he does will be compared to that. Here's what it says about Aaron Rodgers. If you're trying to compete with a seven-time Super Bowl winner, how about an almost assuredly back-to-back league MVP? The biggest obstacle here is that he's under contract. The Packers won't want to deal him to an NFC rival like the Bucks. Keep that in mind. Russell Wilson, Seahawks, 33 years old. And, you know, like Rodgers, he's already in an NFC team. Wilson is an iconic Super Bowl winning quarterback prepared to leave the only franchise he's ever played for. The price will be multiple first round picks. And even if the Bucs are willing to part with those first round picks to continue a window of contention and sustain success, we don't know that Seattle will be willing to trade him to another team within the conference. So there we go. Then the obvious question marks with Deshaun Watson are the legal stuff. Carson Wentz, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I think that's over. When, when that team with Carson Wentz at the helm this year in Indianapolis, sitting on the pref, prefaces, <clears throat> I'm sorry, sitting on the porch of the playoffs, just the precipice, <laughs> precipice <laughs> of the playoffs, about to go into the playoffs, and all they've got to do is beat the worst team in the league on the last Sunday of the season. And they, including him, and got beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars and bounced from the playoffs. And it just seems like, uh uh-uh. After a shot at it with the Eagles as a young guy, now he's 29 years old in Indianapolis, I just don't think Carson Wentz is a hot commodity at all. Now, Derek Carr, I'm I'm just I'm telling you as I see it, and he's 30 years old. <clears throat> he got the Raiders in the playoffs this year, in spite of everything that went on. And and he seems like the kind of guy who'd be a great fit for Bruce Arians in Tampa. We don't know yet who the coach is going to be. He just seems like he'd be a great fit. No on Kirk Cousins and doing that. Garoppolo, I don't know. But I doubt it. I doubt it on Bridgewater. And and Jameis is not going back to Tampa. We can forget that. So that particular list there, you know, we, we've gone over that. We can probably toss it out the window. Jackson Mailman with the text, country please and text line. He says, I'd like to trade for Gardner. Winston and a third-round pick, maybe? 
Absolutely. Well, you know, that's that's interesting. It's obvious the Eagles were so committed to Jalen Hurts, right? Right up through the point that they're in the playoffs and they had won those games at the end of the year to get in the playoffs and they got to go to Tampa for the first round and go to Tampa. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense went out on the field and said to themselves and, and basically said it out loud so that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles coaching staff and everybody could hear it. We don't believe you can throw it well enough to beat us at all. We're just going to play the run. That's what we're doing. We're play- we don't care about the possibility of you throwing the ball. And guess what? They were right. It was one of the worst attempts at a passing game that you'll ever see in an NFL playoff game. That's the truth. And, and so they were committed to and, – and there sits Gardner Minshew. We talked about it on this show. The Eagles are sitting there just – and their passing game was flopping around on the pier like a dying fish. And, and all the while, Gardner Minshew, the one guy in a green uniform that had the ability to drop back and beat you some in a drop-back game, and you won't put him in a ball game because you're so committed to the other guy. I, maybe they will trade him. For, uh, for Jameis Winston and a third-round pick. But they probably know what we know. Next thing you know, he'll go to New Orleans, we'll be on their schedule, and he'll light us up. They know it. While we sat him on the bench in a playoff game. If it happens, they would probably just deserve that. All right, moving on from the football talk. Got some other stuff for you next here in the Bureau. Stick around. He's going all the way. Bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. With playoff caliber sports talk, it's the Matt Wyatt Show. Three minutes for your life right now. All right, here we go. Rolling along with you on National Dark Chocolate Day. i tell you what I have uh, that you ought to try is, and it comes in dark chocolate. It's a... Uh, a bag of chocolate-covered espresso beans. I got it from High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Chocolate-covered espresso beans. And there's different kinds of chocolate-covered ones, but there's a lot of the dark chocolate-covered Who knew that espresso beans with chocolate on them taste like candy? Mm-hmm. Try that out. You can go to highpointroasters.com. Not only get coffee, but you can get that, too. So check them out. Hey, uh, I want to point something out before we get into the basketball topic. I used to be a big fan of this show, and today is the anniversary. I wonder if I played... Yeah, it would give it away because it's got an announcer in the intro. So if I played it, it'll give it away. Here it is. On this day, February 1st. February the 1st, 1982. Late Night with David Letterman premiered on NBC. From New York, the greatest city in the world, it's The Late Show with David Letterman. Letterman! They had a fantastic intro to the show every night. Back when late night television was entertaining. Music from Noel Gallagher's high-flying birds. And the top television presenter the city in the world. Say what now? Back when New York was actually the greatest city in the world. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> 
a really good one. King of unsocial media. The king of unsocial media. Okay, so just for fun, and it is uh, sports related. I, I wanted to point this out. My, you know, one of my favorite bits in the Letterman Show all those years was the top ten list. It was kind of maybe the longest running bit on the Letterman Show, the uh, late night with David Letterman Show. They had the others, you know, the shop on the corner, Rupert, and in and, and all coming through there, and then they had the the street cam where. They had a camera out on the street. You could see live what's going on out on the street outside the studio there. And they had a water cannon. In the summer, they'd shoot water on people. You know, <laughs> They did all these different bits. But my favorite drop, was to drop pumpkins and watermelons from the uh, top of the building. <laughs> yes. Did they do stupid pet tricks, too? They, they did. did. Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, in that intro right there, they I was talking over it, but they promoted that. I think it was the first thing they said. See, yeah. let me let me let me play that again. This was that intro from that particular show. I think they said stupid oh, pet. New York, the greatest city in the world. It's the Late Show with David Letterman. Tonight, stupid human tricks. Oh no, no, this was stupid, stupid. human tricks. <laughs> stupid human tricks. <clears throat> it was a great show, but my all-time favorite top ten list was baseball-related. It was after the Twins had won the World Series, and Kirby Puckett, the late great twin star, was on the Letterman Show doing the top ten list. Here it Tonight's is. Tonight's top ten list. Do me a favor. Please welcome Kirby Puckett. Kirby, come on out. Category tonight, top ten ways to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett. Ten ways now to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett. Here we go. Number ten. Kirby Pickett. <laughs> Number nine. Creepy Pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Bernie Crumpet. Uh huh. Sure. <laughs> Number seven. Turkey Bucket. Uh huh. <laughs> Number six. Buddy Hackett. <laughs> uh, now back to uh, top ten ways to mispronounce Kirby Puckett. Number five, the Puckett formerly known as Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, Punky Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, Ken Herbeck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was his teammate. Number two, there once was a man from Nantucket who curbed his own pucket. Uh, <laughs> curbed his very own pucket. Actually, curbed And the number one way to mispronounce the name Kirby Puckett, Ingle Puck Kirby Dink. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he nailed it. It belongs to the days when these late-night shows used to be funny. <laughs> when they used to be funny and entertaining, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Puck, Kirby Dink. <laughs> oh, man. There once was a man from Nantucket who Kirby'd his own puck. <laughs> uh, that was my favorite all-time. Top 10 list. Yeah, so the first Letterman that ever aired was on this day back in 82. And get this, Bill. So in 2002, they had their 20th anniversary. You know, so 20 years later, 20th anniversary for the late night show. Regis Philbin was on that. Regis Philbin was on that 20th anniversary show, making his 61st appearance. 
So he was on 61 times in 20 years. So average three times a year, they'd pop Regis out there. And he was like the – a lot of people don't know that. He was maybe the most recurring guest, like he and Norm McDonald, who we lost this year too. So there you go. Anyway, memories on this day in television. Speaking of television, you may watch this tonight if you choose. Basketball, SEC style. There's a whole bunch of games going on here uh, tonight, including Mississippi State and Ole Miss. All right, this is SEC stuff. Six o'clock Central Time on the SEC Network. You got Tennessee hosting Texas A&M. Tennessee's 22nd in the country. Then on ESPNU, same time at six, South Carolina is at Mississippi State in the hump, and it's a big, big game for State. Both teams are 13 and seven. Both teams have four wins in the SEC. Carolina's four and four. State's four and three. All right, so they're neck and neck right here. But State's schedule, since beating Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State lost two in a row on the road at Kentucky in overtime and got blown out by Texas Tech in the Big 12 Challenge. Now they have a home game with South Carolina, a team with the same record. After this, State goes to Arkansas, red-hot Arkansas in Fayetteville, then they host top 25 Tennessee. Then they go to top 25 LSU. Then after that, they go to Tuscaloosa for the rematch with Alabama. They really need to win this game tonight because of what's coming. All those road games, all those top 25 teams. Bama's a former top 25. Speaking of Alabama, they are on ESPN tonight at 8 at number one ranked Auburn. So it's Alabama-Auburn basketball tonight on ESPN at 8. Also at 8 on the SEC Network, Ole Miss on the road at LSU. And LSU hanging on by a thread. They're only 4-4 four and four in the SEC. They still are ranked at number 25. And they're a big favorite. But that is a winnable game for Ole Miss if they shoot the ball, if they, they make shots. So you may want to watch that tonight. Um, and then you got three games tomorrow night. But it's a really important game for State tonight in the hump. Big time important for them. No question about it. Uh, unnamed tech. No, no, I'm sorry. This is Kyle in Hattiesburg. <laughs> he says, my favorite bit on Letterman was, will it float? <laughs> I mean, real comedy and intrigue during a live, whether it's TV or radio, Kyle, it, it's, it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated, does it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it doesn't have to be. I remember that. I mean, a recurring segment where they just they take things and drop it in water and see if it float. <laughs> and it was great. Will it float? Let's see here. Unnamed texture says, Matt, dark chocolate. What? What does this say? Has its, has its own day? Okay, yeah, it does. Dark chocolate. National dark chocolate day. It has its own day. He says, and Grand Funk Railroad can't get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> I, Bill, help me out. I don't even know anything about Grand Funk Railroad. What are, oh. they, what are they Grand saying? Grand Funk Railroad? Oh, yeah. my goodness. Like, what songs know. are we talking about? Well, there was uh, Closer to Home and, of course, the one about the 
Sweet, sweet Connie was doing her act. Uh, she had the whole show, and that's a natural fact. Uh, what was that called? Oh, I can't think of the name of it. Right I'm going to have to. For you, though. Okay, I yeah. have to look they it up. They had a bunch of hit records in the, uh, you know, 70s. I wonder what's keeping them out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, our uh, our texter is a big fan of them, and he wants them in. And he's like, "Dark Chocolate can have its own national day, but we can't get Grand Funk Railroad in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame." I'm not sure why those two things are related, but there they are. <laughs> Hoghead Cheese on the text line says, "My favorite bit was Stupid Animal Tricks." Yeah, Bill brought that one up, and we we realized in the open. The old show open we played that they had a they did stupid human tricks also <laughs> i mean it was it it was a good show it just was and you know i i guess i have to be careful because it's easy to you know start getting to a point in life where you look back at things and you think that everything in the past was better and a little grand funk railroad for you okay i recognize it already What is this, American Man? We're an American band. American Sweet Band. Connie was doing her act. <laughs> she was an actual real person, a groupie. Oh, really? Yes. And they put her in the Arizona. song. Yeah, they put her in the song. That's she great. She was still around, still around a few years ago. Here it is, American Band. <laughs> Grand yeah, Funk Railroad. Oh, and hey, hold on a minute. They did. They did the song "Do the Locomotion." Yeah, they did "Bad Time." Do the locomotion. Uh, some kind of wonderful. Some kind of wonderful. Yep, that's it. Grand Funk Railroad. It's a real shame they're not in the Hall of Fame. Stick around. 